Then Sheikh Fazan moves on to the wording in the text. His saying, wa arkanuhu sitta. And its pillars are six. Meaning, its supports, which it is established upon. And if they are absent, then it will be absent. Or, or if one of them is absent, meaning all of the pillars of the Iman are absent, then Iman will be absent. Or if, even if one of them is absent, Iman will be absent. They are six. And they are, we'll take just the first one of them, and then the next, the remainder we'll leave till next time, inshaAllah. He said, they are the pillars of Iman. They are the first one. And tu'mina billah. That you have Iman in Allah. It's the first and most important pillar of Iman. And somebody explains, mentioned that all the other rest of the pillars, of course they fall under this pillar. The Iman in Allah. So Shaykh said, the first is that you have Iman, you truly believe in Allah. So the first pillar is having Iman in Allah. And it includes the three categories of Tawheed. Iman, that Allah the Perfect and Most High is one, unique, alone, Samad, the Perfect Lord and Master, whom everything depends totally upon, who has no partner in His Lordship, nor in His right to worship, nor in His names and attributes. Then Sheikh Ghazan moves on, so we're still on the same part of the text, with regard to Iman being of 70 and odd branches, and its pillars are six. And its pillars are six that you have Iman in Allah and in His angels. And that's the part that Sheikh Ghazan explains today. You have Iman in His angels. <coughs> Shaykh Rawazan said, and that's what, this is what occurs on page 207 of the Lebanese print, page something else of the Egyptian print. 160. Page 160 of the, Egypt, of the Egyptian print. Page 207 of the Lebanese print, page 160 of the Egyptian print. So there comes the explanation of Shaykh Rawazan. He said, Athani, in the second pillar. Al-Imanu bin Malaika. Iman in the angels. And then he defines the word Al-Malaika. The angels. He said, Wal-Malaika. And the angels is the plural of Malak. The word Malaika is the plural of Malak. And its origin means origin in the language is Malak. As a side point here, in the word Malak, in origin is Malak. It's from the verb with a lam and a hamza and a kaf. The fourth root of that, Al-Aka. To send someone as a messenger. And one who sent, Malak. One sent as a messenger. So the word Malak, angel, in origin, that's what it is. Malak. Then the Sheikh said, and then it was made easier to pronounce. I mean, that word is, would be hard to pronounce. Malak. Malak. It's difficult. So it was made easy in the language to pronounce. And it was... It was Said as Malak. And Al Malaika, the angels, are beings created by Allah. 
in the world of the ghaib, of the hidden and the unseen. So the things that we don't see, the hidden and the unseen. Allah created them to worship Him and to carry out His commands. He, the perfect and most high, within His dominion, within His kingdom. And they are of different types. Every type has a duty which it is entrusted with and which it carries out. They do not disobey Allah regarding that which He commands them. And they do whatever they are commanded. So from them, there are those who are entrusted with the wahi, with the revelation. And he is Jibreel, alayhi salam. The one entrusted with bringing down the revelation is Jibreel, alayhi salam. And he is the noblest one from the angels. And he is al-Ruhul Amin. Jibreel has a special title, al-Ruhul Amin. Literally the trustworthy spirit. And he is described as Shadid al-Quwa, one mighty in strength. In that title, Ar-Ruh al-Amin is Jibreel. And likewise, Shadid al-Quwa in the ayah again refers to Jibreel, one mighty in strength, refers to Jibreel. And from them are those who are entrusted with bearing the Arsh, with bearing the throne. Shaykh Bawazan gives two ayahs as evidence for that. And Ladina Yahmiluna al Arsh wa man hawla. Surah Ghafir, the 40th surah, ayah 7. With the explanation, those who bear the throne, the Arsh, and those who are around it. And of course, the second ayah, he said, he the Most High said, Wal Malaku ala arjaiha. وَيَحْمِلُ عَرْشَ رَبِّكَ فَوْقَهُمْ يَوْمَ إِذِنْ ثَمَانِيَةً Surah Al-Haqqah, 69th Surah, Ayah 17. With the explanation, And the angels will be at its edges, the edges of the sky. And the angels will be at its edges. And eight angels will on that day bear the throne of your Lord. Now, the day of resurrection. The angels will be at the edges of the sky, and eight angels will carry the throne, the arsh of your Lord. <coughs> Sheikh Hazan said, The arsh, the throne, is the most tremendous of the created things. And no one knows its greatness except for Allah, the mighty and majestic. It will be carried by the angels, by the Malaika. And this is a proof for the tremendous size and tremendous strength. So it's a proof for the tremendous size of the angels and their great strength and their nature. So there's their tremendous size, their tremendous strength and their great build. He said, he the most high said, Alhamdulillahi fatir samawati wal ardi ja'il al-malaikati rusulan kuli ajnihatin makna wa thulata wa ruba'a yazidu fil khalqi ma yasha Surah Fatir, the 35th Surah, the first ayah. With the explanation, all praise is for Allah, 
the creator and originator of the heavens and the earth, the one who made his angels messengers possessing wings two and three and four. He increases in creation whatever whatever he wishes. Sheikh Fawzan said, so from them are those who have six hundred wings, such as Jibreel, alayhi salatu wassalam. Jibreel, alayhi salatu wassalam, it's authentic in the hadith in Bukhari, has six hundred wings. Sheikh said, so no one knows their tremendous size except for Allah, the perfect and most high. And because of the ayah, بَلْ عِبَادٌ مُكْرَمُونَ لَا يَسْلِقُونَهُ بِالْقَوْلِ وَهُمْ بِأَمْرِهِ يَعْمَلُونَ So from Anbiya, the 21st Surah, Ayahs 26 to 27. So the explanation with regard to the angels, rather they are honored servants. They do not precede him in speaking. And they act upon his commands. They do not precede Allah in speaking. And they act upon his commands. And Shaykh Razan said, so going through the different categories of the angels, he said, and from them are those who are entrusted with the raindrops and with the plants. And he is Mika'il. Mika'il. And from them are those who are entrusted with blowing the horn. And with blowing the horn, in the horn to signal the last hour. And he is Israfil. He will blow the sword, he will blow the horn, and everything will perish. He the Most High said, وَنُفِخَ فِي الصُّورِ فَصَحِكَ مَنْ فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ وَمَنْ فِي الْأَرْضِ إِلَّا مَنْ شَاءَ اللَّهِ The ayah with explanation, and the quotes the ayah after the ayah of Zumar, with the explanation, and the horn will be blown, and whoever is in the heavens, and whoever is upon the, the earth, will swoon, will drop down dead, except for whomever Allah wishes. Answered, then it will be blown for a second time, and the souls will return to their bodies. Surah Zumar, the 39th Surah, Ayah 68. The explanation then it will be blown again, and they will be standing. The souls, the people, they will be standing, looking on. Shaykh said, the souls will fly from the horn, the qarun, which is the sword. The souls will fly from it back to their bodies. And they will enter into them and they will come to life by the permission of Allah. Then they will proceed to the mahshar, to the gathering place. And when the people's souls have been reunited with people's bodies, then the people will walk to the gathering place for the resurrection. Then he said, and from them are those who are entrusted with taking the souls at the end of their lifespans 
and he is Malakul Maut, the angel of death. He the Most High said, قُلْ يَتَوَفَّاكُمْ مَلَكُمْ مَوْتِ الَّذِي وُكِّلَ بِكُمْ ثُمَّ إِلَىٰ رَبِّكُمْ تُرُجَعُونَ Surah Sajdah, 32nd Surah, Ayah 11, with the explanation. Say, the angel of death, who has been entrusted with you, shall take your souls. Then, you will be returned to your Lord. And Shaykh Fawzah makes a point. So the one entrusted with taking the souls will be Malakul Maut, the angel of death. And Shaykh Razan adds, and he has with him assistance from the angels, he has helpers from the angels. And Shaykh Razan gives the evidence for that. Surah Al-An'am, the sixth Torah, 61. The explanation. Our messenger from the angels take his soul, person when he dies. Our messenger from the angels take his soul, and they do not neglect their duty. Shaykh Razan said, meaning, the assistance for the angel of death. Because in the plural, Rasulullah, our messengers from the angels, it's plural. Shaykh Razan said, and they are the assistants, the helpers for the angel of death. He said, and from them, from the angels, are those who are entrusted with the ajinnah, with the fetuses in the wombs, unborn, the unborn children in the wombs, the fetuses in the wombs. And he gives the evidence. He said, Allah's Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, said, Inna ahadakum yujma'u khalquhu fi batni ummihi arba'ina yawman, nutfah. ثم يكون علقة مثل ذلك ثم يكون مدغة مثل ذلك ثم يرسل إليه الملك فحبيب Saying of Allah's Messenger صلى الله عليه وسلم and as I mentioned in the footnote is the famous hadith or is the famous hadith from Al-Nawi's 40 hadith the fourth hadith the hadith of Al-Sadiq Al-Masluq reported by Al-Bukhari is hadith 3208 Al-Muslim that's hadith 2643 from a hadith of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud that Allah's Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said each one of you his creation is brought together in the abdomen of his mother for 40 days as a drop a sperm drop then he will be a clinging plot and in pot of blood for the like of that. Then you'll be a piece of flesh for the like of that. Then the angel is sent to him. And this angel who's been referred to by Shaykh Fazal, the hadith. He said, and from them are those who are entrusted with recording the deeds of the descendants of Adam. He the Most High said, وَإِنَّ عَلَيْكُمْ لَحَافِظِينَ كِرَامًا كَاتِبِينَ Surah Al-Fitar, the 82nd Surah, Ayahs 10 to 11. With the explanation, And there are watchers over you, and there are honourable scribes writing down your deeds. Shaykh Fawazan said, They stay with you throughout the night and the day. 
The angels of the night and the day come to you in succession. The hadith, as I mentioned, the footnote reported by Al-Bukhari as hadith 555 and reported by Muslim as hadith 632 from a hadith of Abu Hurairah r.a. Remember, it's a hadith that we had not too long ago in the other side of Then the hadith continues, the shahid. Hadith continues, وَيَجْتَمِعُونَ فِي صَلَاةِ الْفَجْرِ وَفِي صَلَاةِ الْعَصْرِ And they come together. So the first part of the hadith is, the angels of the night and the day come to you in succession. And they gather together at the Fajr prayer and the Asr prayer. Then Sheikh Bazan said, coming to the Bhandan, and they bear witness. And they bear witness for those people who pray with Allah, the perfect and most high. And therefore, he, the most high, said, وَقُرْآنَ الْفَجْرِ إِنَّ قُرْآنَ الْفَجْرِ كَانَ مَشْهُودًا Surah Al-Isra, the 17th Surah, Ayah 78. With the explanation and the recitation of the Qur'an in the Fajr prayer. The recitation of the Qur'an in the Fajr prayer is witnessed. Shaykh al-Fazan said, meaning the angels attended. The angels of the night and the angels of the day. Then he moves on to another category of angels, he said. And from them are those who are entrusted with guarding the descendants of Adam from disagreeable things. They guard them from calamities and from enemies and from creatures, be it wild animals or serpents or snakes, for as long as he lives. Then he has angels guarding him from dangerous things. He may sleep between wild animals and snakes in the open desert. A person that can happen, a person sleeping in the desert, goes to sleep. He didn't know what's around him, but it could be wild animals there. The snakes, all sorts. Who repels the snakes and the wild animals and the creatures from him? The Sheikh said, he has angels whom Allah has placed in their service. He, the perfect and most high. Allah said with regard to them, لَهُ مُعَقِّبَاتٌ مِنْ بَيْنِ يَدَيْهِ وَمِنْ خَلْفِهِ يَحْفَظُونَهُ مِنْ أَمْرِ اللَّهِ Surah Al-Ra'ad, the 13th Surah, Ayah 11. With the explanation, there are angels guarding him in succession, from in front of him and from behind him, by Allah, by the command of Allah. Shaykh Fawzan said, meaning by the command of Allah, they guard the children of Adam from disagreeable things and from dangers until his lifespan draws to a close. So when his lifespan comes to an end, then they leave him, the angels leave him. And that which Allah has decreed to occur, be it death, or being struck by something which leads to death, occurs. And when his lifespan comes to an end, 
that the angels leave him, they don't guard him anymore. What's going to happen? Uh, the death that's going to come to him comes to him. Then Shah Fazan said, and from them are angels who are entrusted with carrying out the commands in the different areas of the heavens and the earth. No one knows them except for Allah the Perfect and Most High. From them are angels which seek out the gatherings of dhikr, the gatherings of remembrance of Allah. And they attend them. Just as Allah's Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, مَجْتَمَعَ قَوْمٌ فِي بَيْتٍ مِنْ بُيُوتِ اللَّهِ يَتْلُونَ كِتَابَ اللَّهِ وَيَتَدَارَسُونَهُ بَيْنَهُمْ إِلَّا نَزَلَتْ عَلَيْهِمُ السَّكِينَةِ وَغَشِيَتْهُمْ وَغَشِيَتْهُمُ الرَّحْمَةِ وَحَفَّتْهُمُ الْمَلَائِكَةِ As Allah's Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, No people gather in a house from the houses of Allah, reciting the book of Allah, and studying it amongst them, except the tranquility, as-sakina, with the full meaning of as-sakina, descends upon them. And mercy covers them, and the angels encircle them with their wings. In a footnote they mentioned reported by Muslim, that is 2699, from the hadith of Abu said, there are angels which travel about upon the earth, seeking out the circles of the, the circles of remembrance of Allah, and attending them. The evidence for that, they don't mention here, but evidence for that is a hadith reported by Bukhari, that's hadith 6408, again, from hadith of Abu Hurairah, 6408. <coughs> we got to angels who travel about looking for circles of remembrance of Allah. Then Shaykh Tazan said, And no one knows all of the angels and their types and their characteristics except for Allah. However, what occurs in the texts of the Quran and the authentic ahadith of the Prophet ﷺ, then we affirm it and we believe it. We hold it as our aqidah, our creed and belief. Whatever we find in the authentic text, in the text of the Quran, authentic hadith, then we affirm it and we hold it as our creed and belief. And whatever has not been mentioned to us, then we withhold from it and we do not delve into it because this is from the ilmul ghayb, the knowledge of the hidden and the unseen, that which, that which has been kept hidden and unseen, kept hidden from us, which we do not enter into except with a proof, with a text. And Shaykh Al-Azhan said, So Iman, having Iman in the angels, is a rukun, is a pillar from the pillars of Islam. I mean the pillars of Iman, that is. So whoever denies the angels and says, there are no angels, there no, no angels in existence, because we do not see them, then this person will be a kafir, a disbeliever. A mulhid, an apostate, a zindiq, a heretic, and Allah's refuge is mm. Because he does not believe, he does not have iman in the ghayb, in the hidden and the unseen. And what he said, why didn't he believe? He said, we can't see him. We don't have to believe in something that we don't see. As the Shaykh said, 
that that is disbelief in Allah Bayyus, the hidden and the unseen. By definition, we don't see the Zayi. We have Iman in it. So someone says, no, I don't believe because we don't see it. Then he's a disbeliever. He is not believing in the Zayi, the hidden and the unseen. And likewise, the person who, who interprets the angels away and says, the angels are just abstract things. I mean, they're not actual things with bodies. They're not solid things. Said they're just a person who says the angel of angels are just abstract things, and they are not bodily beings. They are just awareness. They're just thoughts or promptings which occur to a person. I mean, like good thoughts or bad thoughts, bad promptings, good prompting. That's what some people try and claim. Which I said, likewise, the person who interprets the angels away. So they're not bodily things, they're just like this, thoughts or promptings which occur to a person. If they are good promptings, they say, then they are angels. And if they are evil promptings, then that is devils. Then this is a saying involving apostasy. If a person says, oh, but I don't what are angels? Just good thoughts that you call it a person angels. You call it, you call it angels. And a bad thought, because you call that devil. It's just thoughts, really. It's not, you know, it's not really solid beings. She said, this is a saying involving apostasy. And I was refugee store. Then he said, and unfortunately, this is found in Tafsir al-Manar. Tafsir written about 100 years, about 100 years ago, thereabouts. This is something found in the Tafsir called Tafsir al-Manar. It was quoted by Muhammad Rashid Rida from his sheikh, Muhammad Abdah. Muhammad Rashid Rida, he mentioned this, this saying here, and quoted it as being as coming from his saying, his sheikh, Muhammad Abdah. The sheikh said, this is a speech of the philosophers and it is barter speech it is false and futile speech whoever truly holds it has his creed and belief then he is a kafir, he is a disbeliever if somebody thinks that angels are just promptings and ideas which occur to a person good, good thoughts which occur to a person that's the angels whoever believes this, holds his creed and belief he is a kafir, a disbeliever However, we hope, he's mentioned another specific case, what about what occurs in this tafsir here? He said, however, we hope that he was just quoting and he didn't actually believe it. That he was just quoting it, but, but however, still, he quoted it without criticism. And that is dangerous. It's dangerous to do so. And this is false and futile speech. And it is disbelief in the angels. We ask Allah for safety and security. He may, the fact that it occurs in that tafsir, maybe he's just quoting it as being, maybe it's quoted, somebody quoted, somebody quoted, that people say this. But the person who's quoting it does not believe it, maybe. But the speech itself is, as the Sheikh said, false and futile. And is disbelief in the angels. And then he said, so a person should not enter with his own intellect and his own thinking into this. Nor should he quote anything from the philosophers or from the heretics, from the affairs of the religion. He should not quote anything from these people, the philosophers. He shouldn't enter with his own intellect, with his own thinking, 
and he should not quote anything from the philosophers or the heretics with regard to anything from the affairs of the religion and the matters of the hidden and the unseen, the vague. Rather, he should rely upon the book and the sunnah. This is what is obligatory. He said, and he mentions in Tafsir al-Manar, he goes back to the quote from Tafsir al-Manar, he said, and he mentions in the Tafsir al Tafsir al-Manar, that he was quoting it from the book Ihya Ulumuddin of Al-Ghazali. And Allah knows best. And that's what he said in the Tafsir, just quoting from Ihya Ulumuddin of Al-Ghazali. And the book Ihya Ulumuddin of Al-Ghazali contains terrible things and contains calamitous things. And even if it contains something from good and some benefits. However, it contains a great deal of matters which can cause destruction. And it contains a great deal of poison. And it is a book which is mixed up. Its evil is more than its good. So therefore, it is not befitting that the beginner the person in the initial stage of seeking knowledge, or the common person should look into it, unless he has the ability to distinguish, or say, I said, unless he has knowledge, and therefore, and he has the knowledge and the ability to distinguish between the truth and falsehood. And this is the sort of book that we should keep away from. Because, as I said, no, no. It contains some points of good, some points of benefit, but on the other hand, it contains some disastrous and destructive things. And a great deal of poison, as the chef said. And it's a book which is mixed up, it's all mixed up together. So the, the beginner, person in the initial stage of seeking knowledge, or a common person, he should not look into it. Only a person who should look into it, a person of knowledge. A person who's able, because of that knowledge, to distinguish between truth and falsehood, then, only him. Then the Shaykh Razan goes back to the matter of the angels, he said, And the angels are not abstract things, as is said, as he says, this person will say that. The angels are not just abstract things. Rather, the angels have bodies and forms, and they can take on different forms, which Allah gives to them. Or they, say, they can take on different forms, which Allah gives them the ability to take on. And therefore, Jibreel came to the Prophet in the form of a man. So Allah gave, so Allah gives them the ability to take forms for the benefit of the descendants of Adam. Because the descendants of Adam are not able to see the angels in the form upon which Allah created them. So he came to the Prophet ﷺ in the form of a man, out of kindness to the sons of Adam. And they are not seen in their true forms and their true realities, except at the time of punishment, the time when the punishment comes. He, the Most High, said, يَوْمَ يَرَوْنَ الْمَلَائِكَةَ لَا بُشْرَى يَوْمَ إِذِنْ لَلْمُجْرِمِينَ 
22, the explanation. On the day when they will see the angels, there will be no glad tidings on that day for the criminals. Shahrazan said, at death, the person will see them. He will see the angels of death. However, in this world, and whilst he is alive, he does not see them, because he is not able to see them. Allah created them from light, and he created the devils from fire, just as occurs in the Qur'an, and he created Adam from earth. A very important point they made here, the three different classes and the three different things are made from. So, repeat it, he said, Allah created them, the angels, from light, and he created the devils from fire, as occurs in the Qur'an, and he created Adam from earth, from Torah. So Allah has full ability over everything. And he finished by saying, Shafazan finished this section by saying, and the disbelievers, they believed, the disbelievers, they believe that the angels are the daughters of Allah. He, the Most High, said, Surah Zukhruf, the 43rd Surah, Ayah 19. The explanation, Allah the Most High said in refutation of this saying, of the people of Shirk, that the angels are the doors of Allah. The Ayah with the explanation. And they made the angels who are servants of the Most Merciful. They declared them to be females. Did they witness their creation? Their testimony will be written and they will be questioned about it. Then the author, Shaykh al-Islam, is still carrying on the same point from the, from the text that occurred on page what it was. Page 201. That the pillars of Iman are six, that you have Iman in Allah and in His angels. Then the text continued, And in His books, and in His messengers, and in the last day, and that you, and that you truly believe in pre-decree, the good of it and the bad of it. So the remainder of the six pillars of the Iman is what Sheikh Razan explains today. So starting on page 213, page 165 of the Egyptian edition, Sheikh Razan said, Hafizullah, in his explanation, Al-Thalith al-Imanu bi-Kutubihi. The third, in the third pillar of Iman. After Iman in Allah, true faith in Allah, and Iman in his angels, then comes the third pillar, Iman in his books. Shaykh Razan said, And they are the books which Allah sent down al Rasul to the messengers for the guidance of mankind. We have Iman that they are the speech of Allah in reality. 
and we have Iman in whatever Allah named from them and whatever He did not name. In those books that Allah the Most High sent down before, some of them have been named to us in the text, in the Quran, for example. Some of them have been, have been named. Then we believe in them with their names. Some of them our Lord did not name them to us. He didn't tell us what they are, we do a But we still believe in them. That's the point. We have Iman in whatever Allah has named from them, from those books. And in what He has not named to us from them. So Allah named to us from them the Tawrat and the Injil and the Zabur and Al-Qur'an Al-Azim the tremendous Qur'an and the Sahuf Sahufu Ibrahim the scripture given to Ibrahim and to Musa So Shaykh mentions six that have been named to us Six scriptures that have been named to us by Allah the Most High. The Torah that was sent to Musa, the Injil that was sent to Isa, السلام, the Zabur that was sent to Dawood, the Quran of Adim, the tremendous Quran that was sent to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa and the scriptures sent to Ibrahim and to Musa. Then Shaykh said, and the Zabur. So we have Iman in them. Those books that are named, we have Iman which we believe in them. And we have Iman in those that Allah did not name to us from them. We have general Iman in all the books that Allah sent. So the ones He didn't name to us, we said we believe in them. Allah sent books to prophets, we don't know which what they are, but we have, we have Iman in all of them. He said, so Iman in the previous scriptures is Iman in general terms. Overall general Iman in all of them. Whereas Iman in the Quran is Iman al-Mufassalam. Iman in the specifics. In everything contained in it. With regard to the previous books, then we have general Iman. We believe overall in all of them. We believe in all of them. Whatever they contain from that which Allah sent down, we have Iman in that. With regard to, with regard to the Quran, so we have Iman, Mujmalan. Iman in general terms with regard to the previous books. But with regard to the Quran, then we have Iman al Iman specifically, specific Iman in the details of everything contained in it. Because it is our book and was sent down to our Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So whoever denies one ayah or one letter from its letters, then he is a kafir, a disbeliever, an apostate, a murtad who has left Islam. And likewise, whoever believes in a part of the Qur'an and disbelieves in a part, then he is a kafir, a disbeliever. And likewise, one who believes in some of the scriptures 
and disbelieves in Son, then he is a kafir, a disbeliever. In the fact that he believes in Son, a part of the Quran, or the fact that he believes in some of the scriptures, he's a kafir. He believes in a part and disbelieves in the rest. He's a kafir. And whoever said, whoever says, I believe in the Quran, but I do not believe in the Torah and the Injil, then he is a kafir. He is a disbeliever. Or he says, I believe in the Torah and the Injil, but I do not believe in the Zabur, which was sent to Dawood, then he is a kafir. He is a disbeliever. He the Most High said, وَآتَيْنَا دَاوُودَ زَهُورًا Surah Al-Nisa, the fourth surah, I-163. The explanation, and we gave the Zabur to Dawood. Shaykh Dawzan said, or who denies, one who denies the scriptures of Ibrahim, then he is a kafir. He is a disbeliever. And Shaykh Dawzan gives the reason. Why? He said, because he is denying the truth of that which Allah, the mighty and majestic, said. He is denying his messengers. So therefore he is a kafir, a disbeliever, because he has denied a pillar from the pillars of Iman. Then Shaykh Razan moves on to the fourth pillar. So I'm dealt with the third pillar of Iman, Iman in the revealed books, revealed scriptures, and he moves on to the fourth pillar of Iman. He said, Arabic al-Iman fi rasulihi. The fourth is Iman in his messengers. Shaykh Razan said, having Iman in the Rusul, in the messengers, all of them, from the first of them to the last of them. Those whom Allah has named from them, and those he did not name, meaning those he has named to us in his book, or upon the side of his Prophet sallallahu alayhi he told us their names. Or those he has not told us their names. We believe in them all, all of them. Shaykh said, we have Iman, we truly believe in all of them, and that they are messengers of Allah in truth. They came with a message and they conveyed it to their nations. <coughs> so whoever disbelieves in a single prophet, then he is a disbeliever in all of the messengers. Shaykh Azam makes an important point here. That disbelieving in one, just one prophet, is, to, is disbelieving in all of them. Whoever disbelieves in one prophet, one Nabi, then he is a disbeliever in all of the messengers. Then he gives the evidence. Because of his saying, He the Most High, Allah 
Those who disbelieve in Allah and in His Messengers and they wish to make a distinction between believing in Allah and in His Messengers and they say we believe in some of them and we disbelieve in some and they wish to take a path in between they are the disbelievers in truth and we have prepared a humiliating punishment for the disbelievers. And those who truly believe in Allah and in His Messengers, and do not di- differentiate in believing, in believing between any of them, then to them He will soon give their rewards. To them He will soon give them their rewards. And Allah has always been one who forgives extensively and bestows mercy. Shaykh Fawzan said, So therefore disbelieving in a single prophet or in a single messenger is to disbelieve in all of them. And he gives a further evidence for this point. He said, And therefore he said, كَذَّبَتْ قَوْمُ نُوحِنَ الْمُرْسَلِينَ Surah Al-Shu'ara, Ayah 105. The explanation the people of Nuh rejected the messengers. The people of Nuh rejected the messengers. Obviously, Nuh was the first one of the messengers. There was no messenger before him. He was the first one of the messengers. His people were with the first messenger of all. And they rejected the message of Nuh. So the ayah, the ayah is that the people of Nuh they rejected the messengers in all of them. Shaykh al-Fazan explained. Even though they disbelieved, they rejected Nuh, only Nuh. So their denying Nuh became a denial of the rest of the messengers. Because the same thing, rejecting one is to reject all of them. And likewise, whoever disbelieves in Isa and Muhammad such as the Jews, or who disbelieves in Muhammad, such as the Christians, then he is a disbeliever in all of them. Anyone who rejects a single one of the messengers, one or two or more, any, even one, then he's rejected all of them. There must be Iman in all of the messengers, those whom Allah has named from them, and those he has not named. Then Shaykh Bazar said, and Allah has named from Allah has named some of them as occurs in Surah Al Anam, the sixth surah. And he gives the ayahs Watilka Hujatuna Atainaha Ibrahima Allah Kaumi Narajatin Manashana in the Rambaka Hakimun Alim. وَوَهَبْنَا لَهُ إِسْحَاقُ وَيَعْقُوبُ كُلَّا هَدَيْنَا وَنُوحًا هَدَيْنَا مِنْ قَبْلُ وَمِنْ ذُرِّيَّتِهِ دَاوُودَ وَسُلَيْمَانَ وَإِيُّوبَ وَيُوسُفَ وَمُوسَى وَمَارُونَ وَكَذَلِكَ نَجْزِ الْمُحْسِنِينَ وَزَكَرِيَّا وَيَحْيَى وَعِيسَى وَإِلْيَاسِ 
كل من الصالحين وإسماعيل واليسعة وينسى ولوطا وكلا فضلنا على العالمين سورة الأنعام سورة آيات 83 to 86 with the explanation and that was our proof which we gave to Ibrahim against his people we raise in degrees whomever we wish Indeed, your Lord is all-wise, all-knowing. And we bestowed upon him, upon Ibrahim, as already mentioned, as the first one mentioned, Ibrahim. And we bestowed upon him Ishaq and Ya'qub. We guided them all. And Nuh, we guided before. And from his descendants, were Dawood and Sulaiman and Ayyub and Yusuf and Musa and Harun. And likewise shall we reward the doers of good. And Zachariah and Yahya and Isa and Ilyas, all of them were from the righteous. And Ismail and Aliasa and Yunus and Lut. All of them we gave excellence over the people of the world, the people of the world of their time. <coughs> if I remembered it correctly, it was 18 and less than. mentioned this ayah contains a long list of mention of the prophets and messengers. He said he mentioned a number of them together in these ayahs and in other ayahs. So we have iman in those whom Allah has named from them. And we have Iman in those whom Allah has not named from them. Up to the point being that those whom Allah named, then we have to believe in them by name. Ayyub and Yusuf and Iman, we have to believe in them by name. And those whom Allah has not named, then we say we have Iman in all the messages of Allah. All his messages and prophets. Even though we don't know their names, but we believe in them. Even though we don't know their names, we believe in all of them. Then Shaykh Farzan said, moving on to the next of the Iman, the fifth one. Al-Khamisu Al-Yamun Akhirah. The fifth one, the last day. <coughs> he said, Iman, true faith in the last day. It is the fifth pillar. And the last day, Al-Yamun Akhirah, what is meant by it is Yamun Qiyamah, is the day of resurrection. It is called Al-Yamu Akhir, it's called the last day, because it comes after Al-Yamu Awwal, it comes after the first day, and that is the day of this world. The first day is the day of this world. The next day, the last day, is the next life. Sheikh said, this world is the first day, and the resurrection is the last day. And having Iman in the last day is to have Iman in whatever will occur after death. From the punishment of the grave and its bliss. And the questioning of the two angels in the grave. And everything that will occur after the grave. Then it is a part of Iman in the last day. And likewise, Iman in Al-Ba'ath, 
in the dead being brought to life and al-nushur in the resurrection wal-mahshar and in the gathering place and in al-hisab the reckoning wa-waznul a'mal and the weighing of the deeds and al-sirat the bridge over the hellfire and al-mizan the balance upon which the good and bad deeds will be weighed and al-jannah wal-nar and the paradise and the fire all of that is a part of iman in the last day so the details of what will occur on the last day we have iman in it in general and with the specifics and overall we believe in the last day overall we believe in the in the last day generally overall and in the specifics that we know as well beginning with death right until the inhabitants of paradise settle in paradise and the inhabitants of the fire are in the fire everything which is authentic in that regard we have iman in it and we do not have anything <coughs> about anything from it so whoever doubts about anything from it then he is a kafir he is a disbeliever an apostate, a murtad, an apostate from Islam everything to which the term the last day applies and what is contained in it and Shaykh Razan moves on to the sixth and last pillar of Iman. He said, "Aruknu Sadis tukmina bil qadri khairihi wa shabrihi." The sixth pillar that you have Iman in al qadr pre-decree, the good of it and the bad of it. Shaykh Razan said, "You have Iman. What does this mean? Iman in pre-decree." the good of it and the bad of it, Shaykh Razan said, that you have Iman, that whatever occurs in this creation, from good or evil, from disbelief or Iman, true faith, from blessings or punishments, from ease or hardship, from sickness or health, from life or death, Everything occurs in this creation is pre-decreed. It does not just occur like that. It is not just a matter which happens on its own. Meaning, it just initially comes about not being pre-decreed. So you have Iman in all of that, in everything that occurs, the list that Sheikh mentioned, all of everything that occurs in the creation, you have Iman that it comes about with the decree and ordainment of Allah. And you have Iman that whatever befalls you, whatever happens to you, would not have missed you. He was not going to, he could never have missed you. Whatever happens to you, it couldn't have missed you. It was going to happen to you. And whatever missed you was not going to come to you, was not going to come upon you. 
and that this was by the ordainment of Allah and His pre-decree. He the Most High said, ما أصاب من مصيبة في الأرض ولا في أنفسكم إلا في كتاب من قبل أن تبرأها إن ذلك على الله يسير سورة الحديد the 57th surah ayah 22 with the explanation no calamity befalls on the earth nor in yourselves except that it was already written in a book before we created it that is easy for Allah. Shaykh Razan said, This is Iman in pre-decree, Al-Qadr. And Iman in Al-Qadr, pre-decree, includes four levels. Whoever does not have Iman in all of them is not a believer in pre-decree. And then what remains is the four levels of pre-decree. So someone who wants to know, so people know make clear, if someone who wants to know pre-decree, then they need, they need to know these four levels here. And that will suffice them, inshallah. So as Shah Razan mentions, Iman in pre-decree, Al-Qadr, includes four levels, four, four matters. Whoever does not have Iman in all of them, then he is not a believer in pre-decree. The first level, the first level, al-ilm, knowledge. First level, knowledge. That Allah has known everything, always. He knew everything that occurs. Whatever has occurred and whatever will occur, without end. So Allah knew it. Always, before it was, and before it occurred. He, the Perfect and Most High, knew it with His eternal knowledge, which is His attribute, has always been and will be forever. This is the level of Al-Ilm, knowledge. So whoever denies it, then he is a kafir, <coughs> he is a disbeliever. The first level of knowledge of pre-decree is the knowledge of Allah the Most High. Allah the Most High has always known everything that will occur. The second level, Shaykh Razan said, the level of Al-Kitabah, the level of writing down, the level of writing down in the preserved tablet, Hazan explains this, he said, and it is that Allah wrote down everything in the preserved tablet, Allah al-Mahfud. This huge record of everything that was written down, everything that would be was written down. So nothing occurs except that it is written down in Allah al-Mahfud, the preserved tablet. There is nothing that occurs and it is not written down. And therefore he, the Most High, said, مَا أَصَابَ مِنْ مُصِيبَةٍ فِي الْأَرْضِ وَلَا فِي أَنفُسِكُمْ إِلَّا فِي كِتَابٍ Same ayah that we had a short while ago, Surah Al-Hadid, 57th Surah, ayah 22. With the explanation, no calamity occurs on the earth, nor in yourselves, except that it is in a book.
meaning Anarchal Mahdur is in a preserved tablet. Allah wrote in it the decreed measures of everything. Allah's Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, أَوَّلُ مَا خَلَقَ اللَّهُ الْقَلَمُ قَالُ اُكْتُبُ قَالُ وَمَا أَكْتُبُ قَالُ اُكْتُبُ مَا هُوَ كَائِنٌ إِلَى يَوْمِ الْقِيَامَةِ Shabbat Razan quotes the hadith that Allah's Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, The first thing that Allah created was the pen, al-qalam. He said, uktub, write. It said, and what shall I write? He said, write whatever will occur until the day of resurrection. The footnote they mentioned, the hadith reported by Abu Dawood and the Tirmidhi from the hadith of Ubadah bin al-Samit radiallahu anhu. This is Sahih, as a side point, Sikhlai Sahih, authentic by Shaykh al-Awdani. Shaykh Razan said, So whoever denies the writing and says, Allah knows everything, however, he did not write it down in the preserved tablet. He did not write anything down in the preserved tablet. That this person is a kafir, this person is a disbeliever, an apostate who has left the religion of Islam. So that's the first two levels that you need to know. They've got a pre-decree. The first level, al-alm, knowledge. Second, al-kitabah, the writing down and the preserved tablet. Then Shaykh Razan mentions the third level. <coughs> the third level is mashi'atullah al-nafidah. Allah's mashi'ah, Allah's will, which is in effect. And it is that Allah, the perfect, wishes a thing. And wills it to occur. So there is nothing that occurs except that Allah wished and willed it to occur. Just as He wrote it down in the preserved, or just as He wished and willed it to occur, just as it is in the preserved tablet. And just as He knew it, He the perfect and most high. He wills. Everything to occur at its time. And he wills everything to occur at a certain time. He wishes and wills everything to occur at a certain time. Nothing occurs without the wish of Allah or without his will. So whoever says that things occur without Allah's wishing them to, or without Allah's willing them to, and he is a kafir. He is a disbeliever. And whatever occurs, it's indeed, it occurs by the Mashiach of Allah Most High. Allah wished it to occur. And he willed it to occur. That's the third level. The third matter. It's essential to know with regard to pre decree. And then the fourth and last one. The fourth level is Martabatul Khalq wal Ijad. The level of creating and bringing it into existence. Allah created everything. When He wished it and He willed it, then when He wishes it and wills it, then He, the Perfect and Most High, creates it and brings it about. <coughs> so everything is something created by Allah, the Perfect and Most High. 
and it is from the creation of Allah. And it is an action done by the servants and something earned by the servants. People's deeds are created, are part of that. Allah has created everything, including the people's deeds. Allah has created everything. So there are things created by Allah, and as for the ones who do the actions, then to no doubt the people. The people do the actions, and they are the ones who earn whether they're good or bad. They earn those deeds. Then Shaykh Bazan said, So these four levels, there must be Iman in them. Otherwise, the person will not be a mu'min, will not be a believer in pre-decree. The level, the level of al-ilm, knowledge, and al-kitabah, writing, and al-mashi'ah, wish and will, and al-khalq wal-ijad, creation and bringing into existence. It is essential to have iman in all of these. So whoever denies anything from them, then he is a kafir, a disbeliever, an apostate who has left the religion of Islam because he has denied a pillar from the pillars of Iman. And it is Iman in Al-Qadr, in Pre-Decree. Then, the author, Shaykh Islam, Muhammad bin Abdul Wahhab, he continues with a, a section here that's headed, the heading being given here, الدليل على أركان الإيمان. So now having had the pillars of Iman, now he brings a section, the proof for the pillars of Iman. Remember, Shaykh al-Islam mentioned earlier in the book that whatever he is going to bring, he will bring evidence for it. So here's the evidence for what just preceded, the levels, of the pillars of Iman rather. Then the saying of the author, Shaykh al-Islam, Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab, rahimahullah, والدليل على هذه الأركان الستة قوله تعالى ليس البر أن تولوا وجوهكم قبل المشرك والمغرب ولكن البر من آمن بالله واليوم الآخر والملائكة والكتاب والنبيين الآية من سورة البقرة He said and the proof for these six pillars is his saying he the most high and then Shaykh Muslim, he quotes the ayah from Surah Al-Baqarah, the second surah, ayah 177. With the explanation, Al-Bir, righteousness, is not that you turn your faces towards the east or the west, but rather, righteousness is the righteousness of those who have iman, who truly believe in Allah and in the last day and in the angels, and in the books, and in the prophets. Shaykh al-Fawzan, said in his explanation, the Shaykh, having explained these pillars, mentions their proof from the Qur'an and from the Sunnah. Because any matter from the matters of the religion and of worship and of aqidah and the matters of rulings, legislated rulings require a delirium, require a proof any of these things, a matter of the, of the deen, the religion 
a matter of ibadah, a matter of aqidah, creed and belief, and matters of legislative rulings, al-ahkam, al-shara'iyah, requires a dalil, a proof. And if it does not have a proof, then it will not be correct, it will not be sahih. An extremely important principle that Shaykh al has brought for us here. If it's something from these matters, and it doesn't have a dalil, it will not be sahih, it will not be correct. The Shaykh said, So the Shaykh, having mentioned the pillars of Iman, the six pillars of Iman, he then mentions their proof from the Qur'an firstly, and then from the Sunnah. So from the Qur'an is his saying, He the Most High. لَيْسَ First part of the ayah, the same ayah, Surah Al-Baqarah, ayah 177. And Shaykh Fazan goes, goes on to explain the words in this ayah. Firstly, Al-Birr. What's translated here is righteousness, Al-Birr. Shaykh Fazan explains it, he said, Al-Birr is the doing of Al-Khair, is the doing of good, which draws one closer to Allah and leads to his paradise. That's the definition Shaykh Al-Fazan gives to his comprehensive word, Al-Birr, righteousness, Al-Birr. He said it's doing good, which, which draws one closer to Allah and leads to his paradise. So all actions of good are from Al-Birr, are from righteousness. So Al-Birr is a general word which covers all the types of good. All types of good, doing good, are covered by the term Al-Birr, righteousness. And all the types of acts of obedience, all of them, enter under the title Al-Birr. And under the title At-Taqwa. Dutifulness to Allah. In all good deeds that enter under, they can be called, and they fall under the title of Al-Birr. Righteousness. They can be called Al-Birr. That's what righteousness refers to. And likewise At-Taqwa. Taqwa. So Al-Birr, righteousness, and At-Taqwa dutifulness to Allah are from comprehensive terms they are comprehensive terms which gather all the characteristics of good they're not specific to us one albir is specific to that good deed taqwa is specific to that one they're not both of them cover all albir covers all the actions of good and likewise at taqwa <coughs> Shaykh Fawzan said and his saying he the Most High, ليس البرة أن تولوا وجوهكم قبل المشرق والمغرب. With explanation, it is not birr, it is not righteousness that you turn your faces towards the east and the west. Shaykh Fawzan said this is a refutation of the Jews, those who criticized the changing of the Qibla, the changing of the direction of, of the prayer. Obviously in Medina, when the Qibla was changed, the Muslims originally prayed towards Jerusalem. Then they changed in Medina, Revelation came down, and the Muslims changed and placed the opposite way, towards Mecca, towards the Kaaba. 
So the Jews who are present, they criticize this. What is, what is it you're facing? What, you're praying that way, that's right or it's wrong. And then, so, then you're facing the, op- the opposite way. What's going on? So Shafar mentioned, this ayah came down, this ayah is a reputation, he said rather, is a reputation of the Jews who criticize the changing of the Qibla, the direction of prayer. From Jerusalem to the honored Kaaba. They criticized this and they denied it along with the knowledge that they knew that it was true. They knew that it was something true. However, they denied it as a case of inad, obstinate rejection, and mukabara, and haughtiness, pride, out of pride and haughtiness, and al-hasad, and out of envy towards the Prophet and towards this nation. Rosan said, Allah the Most High says, لَيْسَ الْبِرَّ أَن تُوَلُّوا جُوهَكُمْ That it is not righteousness that you turn your faces in a certain direction from the directions without a command from Allah. But rather righteousness, al-bir, is obedience to Allah, the Perfect and Most High. That's what righteousness is. Ta'a, ta'a to Allah. Obedience to Allah, the Perfect and Most High. If He commands you with a command, then it is obligatory upon you to comply with it. This is Allah. This is righteousness. So if He commands you to face Jerusalem, then righteousness at that time is to face Jerusalem. And to face for the prayer, the direction of Jerusalem. Because it was obedience to Allah the mighty majestic. Then, when he commands you that you face the Kaaba, then righteousness is to face the Kaaba. So al-bir, righteousness, goes along with the command of Allah, the perfect and most high. You are slaves, you are abid, you are slaves. It is a obligatory upon you to comply. If Allah commands you to face a certain direction, it is obligatory upon you to comply. But as for having to asub, as for clinging in a bigoted manner to one certain direction and saying it is not correct except to face it, such as the Jews did. They used to face Jerusalem and they refused to change from that. So I said, as for clinging to one direction, bigot, in a bigoted manner, and then saying it's not correct except to face it. Sheikh said, then the meaning of this is the following of desires and asabiyya, and tribalism. Just sticking to what your people are upon. <clears throat> Whereas the true servant, he goes along with the commands of Allah, wherever they go. And he does not raise any objection to the command of Allah. Since facing a direction after it has been abrogated will not be obedience to Allah the Mighty Majestic. In Jerusalem, the Muslims used to face Jerusalem, that used to be correct, that we face Jerusalem when we pray, then that was abrogated. And the ruling was changed 
So we face the Kaaba. So Sheikh mentioned. So continuing to face the old direction after it's been abrogated and changed, that will not be obedience to Allah. It will not be obedience to Allah, the mighty and majestic. So acting upon al-mansukh, that which has been abrogated, and leaving that which abrogates, is not obedience to Allah, the mighty and majestic. Sticking, clinging onto the old ruling, and then a new ruling comes, ordering the, the change is made, and you refuse to change. Cling on to the old thing, that will not be obedience now to Allah. Just cling on to the old ones and we, we're still obeying Allah. No, that is not obedience to Allah. Shaykh said, rather it is just obedience to desires and tribalism. So albir, righteousness, is connected to obedience to Allah. So in whichever direction he turns you, then you turn in that direction. If you are true in your obudiyah, in your servitude to Allah, the mighty and majestic. And Shaykh Razan calls the ayah again, لَيْسَ الْبِرَّ أَن تُوَلُّوا وَجُوهَكُمْ قِبَلَ الْمَشْرِقِ وَالْمَغْرِبِ وَلَكِنَّ الْبِرَّ مَنْ آمَنَ بِاللَّهِ Again with the explanation, it is not righteousness that you turn your faces to the east or to the west, but rather righteousness is the righteousness of those who truly believe in Allah, those who have Iman in Allah. Then comes the saying of Shaykh al-Islam in the text, the proof for the remaining pillar of Iman, the, the pillar of Al-Qadr, pre-decree. So Shaykh al-Islam, Muhammad bin Abdul Wahhab, obviously I contains a proof for all the, all the other pillars. As for Al-Qadr, pre-decree, then Shaykh al-Islam says, and the proof he said, and the proof for Al-Qadr, pre-decree, is his saying, he the Most High, the ayah from Surah Al-Qamar, ayah 49, with the explanation, we have created all things, in accordance with a pre-decreed measure. We have created all things in accordance with a qadr, with a pre-decreed, predetermined measure. Shaykh al-Fawzan said, explaining, the proof for the sixth pillar, from the pillars of Iman, is his saying, he the most high, inna shay'in khalaqnahu bi qadr. Said the ayah with explanation, we have created all things in accordance with a predetermined measure. Sheikh Fazan said, meaning, everything which Allah created, then it is predecreed, it is predetermined in His knowledge and in His writing and in His wish and will, He the Perfect and Most High. It is not something which just spontaneously occurs or something accidental. Rather, it is something which preceded in the knowledge of Allah and something written in Allah al-Mahfuz, in the preserved tablet, and something which preceded in the Mashi'ah and Irada, in the wish and will of Allah. 
the perfect and most high.